This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're not going to have kind of your normal outro. Um, I don't really even have a good flow of where this is going to go. Don't really have any notes that kind of dictate where this is going to go. So really, this is just one of those moments where I'm just going to kind of let God dictate a little bit um, about what I'm going to talk about. And the overall point is that hopefully this this resonates with you guys and hopefully this will lead to some good, positive and healthy outcomes for you and some of the things that you might be thinking about and going through. So I want to talk about loss on this podcast, uh, or maybe you can call it grief or, or whatever um, you want to call it. Um, and I wanted to talk about this several weeks ago. But um, out of respect for my wife and out of respect for some things uh, that were going on in our family and in our personal life, um, we didn't go that direction immediately. And so it, it'll make more sense here in just a second. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess I guess the easiest way is just kind of start with the end and then uh, kind of work your way back. So um, a few weeks ago, my wife and I, we lost our second baby. Um, and so... It's been a trying time for us. It's been a very um, interesting time for us. Uh, The busyness of each of our respective lives has not subsided at all, right? In order to kind of allow us to have um, the necessary runway, I guess, to kind of deal with this, the necessary uh, time and space to to deal with it. Um, but let's kind of go back to to the first uh, baby that we lost last year. So um, we decided that we were going to start trying to have a baby. Uh, we've been married for almost 10 years, and we decided we were going to start to try and have a baby, and we got pregnant almost immediately. And so this is the first time being pregnant. Um, we don't really know what to do. Like, well, she had a better idea because she deals with a lot of that with, with her business. She deals with, you know, uh, mothers and, and pregnancies and things like that when she's taking pictures. But the thing, uh, my, my wife's a photographer for those of you who don't know. So in case that reference didn't make sense, but, um, essentially I, I didn't really know what to do. Like, when do you tell people, do you tell people, do you put it on social media? Do you not put it on social media? Um, like what, what are the ways that you kind of deal with that? Didn't really know. Um, but we, out of our excitement, you know, we started telling a few key people, we weren't ever going to put it on social media. I guess we're not going to be those folks. Um, but we got through telling our parents, right. And so like both of my parents were just absolutely, overwhelmed, like my dad, especially. So my parents are not together, but whenever I called my dad, he was like super excited, like giddy, crazy excited. You could just feel it through the phone and like his excitement got me excited. And then it's like, Oh man, this is really happening. And you know, what is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be a girl? What am I going to deal with? And all that, like, you know, how, how am I going to make it through? You know, what's the first book on parenting I need to read? You know, whatever the thing might be. And it was the day after I told my parents and that she told her parents that we lost the first baby. 
And, you know, then, you know, we're, we're trying to, in a small span of time, become experts on, uh, you know, pregnancy to being experts on miscarriages. Like, okay, so could we have printed, prevented this? Is there something that we could have done, uh, to, to have kept this from happening? Is there, is there something that we can do better next time? Like what, you know, is it how she was sleeping or was it the food we ate or like whatever the thing was? So we start going into that mode, but it was one of those things where we found out that this was not all that rare. I guess it's like one in five or one in six, uh, women, uh, miscarry their first time, but there was just this overwhelming sense of loss. Right. And it's kind of almost as if that you're, you're mourning something that you weren't even sure you ever really had. And I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but you just, you know, it was kind of a weird feeling. I mean, really uh, one of the worst parts about it was having to call your parents back like a day after you made them super excited that they were going to be grandparents only to let them know that they weren't. Um, and my dad was, was especially upset. Uh, and so was my mom, but, um, you know, different circumstances that I won't really get into in this podcast, but it was just one of those things where, okay, we just kind of rolled with the idea that, okay, this is just something that happens. Uh, there was nothing that we really could have done to prevent this. It's just a thing that happened. Uh, so let's get, you know, right back up. Let's, let's try again and kind of go from there. Well, we, we had a lot more trouble getting pregnant the second time. Um, and, uh, we finally did get pregnant. Uh, how my wife told me was, was especially creative and awesome. Uh, for those of you who follow us on Instagram, the day, whenever I ran those sprints out in the snow, uh, with no shirt on and, you know, just like a beanie on or whatever, when I was just out, out running sprints in the, in the weather, um, she had told me right before I recorded that video. So, um, cause I was like, Hey, can you come out and shoot this video for me? I know it's cold, but you know, just come and shoot this real quick. Well, she, before she hit play or hit record on my phone. She had a shirt on that said I'm Pregasaurus and it had like a dinosaur on there. And so it was just this, this really sweet, really fun moment. Like how she told me we're sitting there in the snow. It just, everything felt different because that first time you don't really know how to respond. You don't really know what to say. You just know that you're excited. It's just like misplaced excitement. Right. But with the second one, it's like, Oh, okay. Okay. It just felt different. Everything about it felt different. Um, but this time we were much more hesitant to tell anybody. Um, I think she may have told, uh, her, her mom, I, I didn't tell anybody that we were pregnant because it was one of those things where it's like, okay, let's, let's get into the second trimester and then let's kind of figure it out from there. Um, and then within a day or so of her telling me, uh, she miscarried again. Um, uh, this time the emotion was much different. Uh, obviously I told you I was more excited. So I, I felt like I was at a higher pinnacle. So I kind of fell a little bit farther, I guess you could say, I guess that'd be fair to say. But the thing about it was, is two miscarriages in a row apparently isn't that common. It's more like one in a hundred. And the thing about it for, for me as the man is there's nothing physiologically changing inside of me when my wife gets pregnant, right? She's the one that's going through the hormonal, um, chemical and physical changes, right. To, to start, you know, the process of, of growing, you know, a healthy baby. And 
you know, all the while, while we're trying to kind of figure this out, you know, she starts doing what's, I, I guess, typical with, with young ladies going through this, you know, you start blaming yourself. Uh, was it the work that I did over the weekend? Was it the stuff that I ate? Did I stay up too late? You know, what if I did this? What if I did that? Oops, I, you know, uh, did this thing and I should have done the other thing. And, you know, you as the guy just saying, Hey, it's not your fault. Like, it's just not that it's not good enough. Right. But you're just trying to say something. You're just trying to be comforting and you're trying to be strong. Um, but I guess the big difference for me with this second one is the first one. I didn't really tell a whole lot of people that we lost the baby. Right. I told my parents, but then, um, I told very, very few friends. I told a small handful of people, um, cause I just didn't want to burden anybody. Right. And I don't know if that's kind of like a typical guy thing, but I'll just speak for me. I won't speak for all of manhood here, but I just, for me, I knew guys that had personally gone through way, way worse in my mind than a miscarriage. I had a really good buddy of mine. It took them forever to get pregnant. And when they finally got pregnant, they were going into to the first ultrasound to hear the baby's heartbeat and the baby's heart wasn't beating. The baby had died. And helping them through that situation. I'd also had, uh, some people that we knew that took the baby completely to term and, uh, they gave birth to a stillborn baby. Again, just, it felt worse. I even have one of my, one of my close buddies that I train with. Um, he lost a kid when I think they were like two or three years old, he lost one of his kids. And I'm, you know, the whole time I'm like in my head, whether this was right or wrong, I was like, man, I can't, I can't, you know, go talk to people about just losing, losing a baby, like, you know, into a miscarriage, like it just doesn't rank. But that thought process, and and it took me a long time to kind of realize this, that thought process led to me feeling really, really alone after our first miscarriage, just super alone. And it wasn't like, Oh, woe is me. All you guys should feel bad for me. But it was like, I had created this loneliness myself, right? I had done the typical guy thing. I'm going to, you know, pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm not going to show any emotion. I'm going to be strong for her. And there's some virtue and all those things that I just mentioned. But at the same time, there was, there was no healing really for me for that loss. Right. And so with the second one, um, it, it was different. And I told a lot of guys Pretty much if I knew I was going to see you in the near future, I didn't want you to look at me and have me be able to fake it and be like, Hey brother, how's it going? Things are going great. Woo. I'm praying for you or whatever that stuff, kind of that typical Oklahoma, nice, you know, Christianese, nice type of stuff. I didn't want it this time. And I just sent out a message. I was very clear uh, in the message that I messaged to certain guys that I didn't need anything from them, uh, that they don't need to offer to do anything for me. Um, And let's just say I was overwhelmed in a very positive sense at the responses that I got from guys. Um, Guys were immediately, uh, hey, man, uh, I'm coming over. I'm taking you. We're going to go. We're going to go get something to drink. Um, Hey, man, uh, I I don't understand what that's like because my wife and I haven't gone through that. But, you know, dude, if, if anybody can get through it, it's you. And I'm so glad you told me and everything up to guys that I didn't even know had dealt with losing babies, um, in the womb that they had told me that they had suffered that as well. 
And so here I am, like, I'm trying to go through this morning process and then it's like, oh shoot, well, I need to be there for my buddy now, right? Even though this happened a long time ago, it's, it, you kind of feel that reciprocity. It's like, oh shoot, like I, I got to be a, be a brother right now too. And you know, my wife, she had some of her own uh, emotional issues. You know, we, we tried to encourage her as much as possible to talk with people and to engage with other people. And, you know, she's still in that process now. Um, and it's just weird. You know, it's weird. It's weird when people know, but it's weird when people don't know. And I guess we just decided that it would be better to deal with the weirdness of people knowing. Um, and you know, there's, there's still those things. There's those little random flare ups of emotion for both of us. Um, you know, gifts that we each got, uh, whenever someone found out that we were pregnant and then, you know, every time we see that thing, um, it, it makes us sad, right? Uh, whenever I'm flipping through Instagram and I see that video of me in the snow, uh, you know, it makes me sad because, you know, I, I remember what happened right before that, you know, just, just stuff like that. Um, and it still pops up from time to time, but for my wife and I, we felt that it was most important that we, we treat this for what it is. Obviously, if you've listened to my podcast for any length of time, um, if this is the first one that you're starting with on the podcast, sorry, this isn't how it normally goes, but you know, obviously I'm very, very, uh, pro pro life. Uh, I have a lot of very, very strong opinions when it comes to abortion. And so obviously, uh, there's reverence for what is growing inside, uh, the belly of a woman. Um, And for us, my wife and I have decided that we have put both dates of the miscarriages that we've had uh, on our calendars, and we, every year, we will acknowledge those losses um, for the, for the children that we have that we never got to know. Um, And so she and I both uh, we're, we're still, uh, in the fully on wanting kids camp and we're going to continue to try and, and kind of, you know, let God's will be done through that. Um, I will say I, I admittedly after the second miscarriage, I kind of felt like God was telling me, Hey, we don't, <laughs> we don't need any more Thompson's, uh, in this world. So, uh, we'll see if, uh, to see if my thought on that is, is right or not. Um, but I guess as I'm just sitting here rambling that, the overall point that has basically haunted me in a good way since all this went down is most guys don't share their loss with other people. I mean, you know, if someone loses a parent, uh, and certainly for those of you out here that have had a buddy that has lost a spouse or lost a child, um, it's visceral, it's in the air and it's something that hopefully you've helped with. But I would say that there are other things that happen to a guy. There are other hurts and other pains that maybe don't register the same as, you know, losing, you know, your wife in a car crash or losing your, you know, best friend to cancer or something like that, whatever the scenario is. And you may fall into the same trap that I did where I gave Satan so many opportunities to attack me because I was not allowing the men in my life to get up under the weight and help me with it. Um, I, I did the be by yourself, figured out yourself. You can do this thing. And again, I feel like there's virtue in that obviously, but it, it became a problem and it became an issue that I wasn't going to be able to deal with this all on my own. And I needed to give my brothers the opportunity to help. Um, and so I did, and that's my encouragement to you guys. Whether the loss 
feels big or feels small or somewhere in between, that is a really, really good thing to share with the brothers in your life. And and we talk about male community all the time. And for some of you guys, admittedly, you don't have a strong male community that you see on a regular basis. You have your old college buddies. You have your old uh, guys that were in, you know, boot camp with you. You've got your old guys from your team in high school or whatever the thing might be. But most everyone listening to this, you've got a handful of guys in your life that are the, you know, three o'clock in the morning. Hey, we need to bury a body type guys. And they're just going to be there. Um, hopefully you have some guys like that. But um, those relationships need to be cultivated and it shows a different level of trust whenever you trust one of your brothers with part of your pain, with part of the stuff that you're you're dealing with and that you're going through. And so, again, w- without kind of a, a culminating point or, or anything like that, that's just something I want to encourage you guys to do. For those of you that are currently in pain and haven't told anybody, you need to tell somebody. If you feel like you don't have anybody to tell, email me, info at undaunted.life. Email me, info at undaunted.life. Tell me. I mean, I've, I've had guys reach out to me and send me some crazy emails. And I've done all that I can in my unqualified manner to help these guys. And, and I'll do the same for you. But I know that you have guys in your life that you can do that with. Um, and, and one thing I guess I would share with you guys as well that I found kind of while I was mourning is I did come across a scripture that I felt was very comforting. And I'm, I normally, this is going to sound weird. I, I normally don't run to scripture for comfort because I feel like I've, I've seen people use scripture as a crutch. Um, I've seen people use scripture out of context to like, you know, help them feel better about this, that, or the other. Um, but I, I felt like in this moment it was fairly appropriate. And so the scripture I found uh, was Second Corinthians one verses three and four, and so I'll I'll just uh, give it to you here from the English Standard Version. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so even just initially reading it in the English, you you should be able to get a lot from that. But I want to go back to the very end of verse three, where it says the God of all comfort. So when I went in and researched a little bit more about those scriptures, um, the, I guess the Greek word used for all comfort is paraclesis. I hope I'm saying that right, but paraclesis. Um, and that's really, really important because if we just give our modern English version to what comfort means, we might miss something. So this all comfort here, this paraclesis, it's more than sympathy. It's more than just this soothing sympathy. Okay. It's, it's more so like, you know, a hardening, a strengthening of helping, uh, you know, making something strong, forging it is a better interpretation than just, you know, soothing sympathy, right? Um, But the important thing here is that God's strength inside of us, you know, his all comforting, his, you know, his paraclesis to us allows us to do that for other people. So again, the scripture is blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Um, 
And again, I, I guess that, you know, almost accidentally that kind of is undergirds what, what I'm telling you guys and encouraging you to do, which is to share the pains that you're dealing with, share the grief that you're going with, um, or that you're going through the, the loss that you're feeling at different points. Um, it doesn't make you less of a man to share your losses with other men. You know, to be honest with you guys, and again, the second podcast in a row where I'm telling you, admitting to crying, I obviously, when we lost a second baby, you know, not around my wife, but I, I was very upset. Um, Didn't know what to do. You know, what do you do? Right? You're, you're literally helpless in that moment. And, and I hadn't told anybody yet. And so you're just kind of stuck, right? You're stuck right there in the middle of your own emotions. You're just stuck in your feelings. And you can stay there. You can be paralyzed by it. You can work your way through it. You could never work your way through it, right? So you're not paralyzed by it and you never actually deal with it, which isn't healthy either. And so again, a little bit of a, a of a different podcast. We're not going to do a normal outro or anything like that. I'll I'll probably give you guys the link to that Bible verse, but I mean, obviously you can find it. Second Corinthians one verses three and four. Um, but again, I do want to repeat the the offer to any of you guys who feel like you don't have somebody that you can, you can tell about the things that you're going through. Just hit me up. I mean, just for most of you guys listening to this, I'm just a stranger. I'm just a dude whose voice is in your phone right now. I'm in your headphones, right? So you tell me something over email and what's the worst that could happen? Cause I can guarantee you I'll respond to you, um, and do everything that I can to help you out. Because most of the time when we're contacted by people, they're not even close to where I'm at in Oklahoma, but there's still things that we can do to help one another, talk on the phone, you know, do whatever, uh, that that's what we're here for. Um, so again, uh, to any of the guys that I messaged after this happened, um, that are also listening to this right now, I just want to say thank you again. Um, my wife and I were still in the thick of it. We're still going through it. Uh, we're still figuring out how all of this fits into the narrative of our marriage and our story as it were. Um, but you guys being there for us and just knowing that, you know, is comforting and it's helpful. And, um, I'm really glad we made the decision to be more open about it the second time. Uh, as much as it sucks, it's better to go through the suck with somebody else. So, uh, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll get back with you here next week.